The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. We're going to cause trouble. Scott Farrell is calling the shots from the sideline. We're going to make fun of people. We're going to hurt people's feelings. It's Farrell on the bench. I believe in whipped cream with everything. All right, for all on the bench, uh, hour number two here with Mafia. So, Mafia, the uh, the word is, is that Deshaun Watson, if he has an opportunity to go somewhere, he'd want to go to Denver or the 49ers. And I just don't think that, uh, you know, far be it for me to know anything, but if I were them, why would I trade Deshaun Watson to the Niners for what? Why would I trade him to Denver for what? Uh, but I would trade him to the Jets for that number two pick. And I would demand, uh, I guess, Sam Darnold, Quinn and Williams, maybe your boy May, and maybe another draft pick, another year, you know, a choice from another, like the next year in 2022. I'm telling you. If I were the franchise, I would look at that Jets pick as the one I want. And I don't know exactly what Denver and San Francisco have to offer them in terms of players or picks. But if I'm Houston, I'm looking squarely at that number two pick. And I can, you know, I can do some damage with that pick and and get a, a really good quarterback in the draft. You know, nevertheless, with that with that choice and then whatever else they stockpile on top of it. It doesn't matter really what he wants. I mean, I know people say, uh, you know, no trade and all this other stuff. Uh, clauses, all the rest. I don't care about any of that. Bottom line is. Um, I don't know. Why do you think like, did, did, do you think that he believes the Jets are going to suck that bad? that he couldn't win in New York and make the most money in New York as opposed to playing in Denver or San Francisco. Like, uh, and I still, I mean, I think the Niners would want Deshaun Watson over Garoppolo. Fair enough. And I think they'd want Deshaun Watson over Drew Locke. Fair enough. That's not my point. My point is what are they going to get for him? What, what exactly are they going to get for him? And to me, the jets make the most sense in terms of what they could get. Yeah, and I've felt the same way, and that's not just because I'm a Jet fan. I mean, I've always felt that for what they need to rebuild that team, the Jets were the best scenario for what they could get back. Of course, you know, the team that was in the mix was, you know, if for some reason Miami decided they wanted to move on and trade Tua. You know, those were two teams with multiple first-round picks with a lot of room to maneuver and try to bring in other players with, you know, some 
guys on their roster that are worth a while too for them to take. So I think those are definitely the best situations. You know, like you said, he has no trade clause, so that's obviously something you have to get around. You have to convince him to go to these places. But you know, with the moves that the Jets are starting to make, or maybe you know other money that they have available to sign other guys, maybe that's enough to convince him to go. But there is no other teams that make sense for them to do that with because. If you're going to trade him, you want capital and you want it now. You want to make sure that it's this year because you have no picks whatsoever and you want to make sure the team still sucks so that they're good picks. Because if you say, all right, give me your first round next year or in two years or five years, you're giving them one of the best players in the NFL. They're not going to suck. They're not going to be in the top 10 anymore. So it makes no sense. I mean, with multiple first round picks, the Jets make the most sense for them. I guess it's more of if they decide to finally just give up and send them out and then have to convince them to do it. So would you, uh, I have to think for a second here, uh, if you were C- in Seattle, Russ Wilson's miserable, but he's not going to the Bears. So I just want to welcome in uh, our radio affiliates down the line uh, to the show, uh, Sirius XM, Channel 204, Mighty Air 1090 in San Diego, Sports Map Radio, Sports Byline, Armed Forces Radio all over the world, Who Rossled or Who Rods, Pharrell on a Bench with Mafia. Uh would you trade right now, straight up, Russell Wilson for Deshaun Watson? Would you do that trade if you were if you were the Texans? No. I think Wilson is awesome. But I think, I mean, he makes a lot more money, if I'm not mistaken. And also, you know, he's older. I think he's gotten beat up the last couple of years. I'm not saying that he's over the hill, that he sucks or anything like that. But this guy's taking abuse year after year with them not protecting him. The last thing I'm going to do is give him someone who's, you know, what, three, four years younger. And, you know, what the big thing for them is that not just getting another quarterback is that they really need to rebuild the whole roster. Just getting another good quarterback isn't going to save them. They're still going to suck. They need picks. They need other players with talent. Otherwise, it's just, you know, you know Trey Swap's going to get them nowhere. But what about uh, the fact that the guy doesn't want to play there at all? Like, is there not like the mope syndrome going on here where, I'm going to have this guy, like, do you remember when Harden was playing in H-Town? It was Mope City. He was just a mope. And uh, I think Deshaun Watson is actually going to mope his way around Houston. If he has to go back and play for the Texans and he's forced to play there and they don't trade him and he uh, doesn't hold out or he does hold out and he eventually gives up on the holdout because he's losing too much money, uh, I think he's going to play being a mope. I just think he'll be miserable. I think he'll act miserable. He'll be at work miserable. He won't be happy. And he'll just be, frankly, a cancer. So at some point, if you're going to trade him, you want to get a good quarterback out of the deal. It's Pharrell on a bench. The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 
You're listening to a different kind of sports talk. We're not just talk about sports, but talk about sports you can use. Get the winning edge. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. For all an event, so I think the bottom line is is that you're going to have a lot of, frankly, quarterbacks that are miserable playing on their teams next year, next season. I mean, if Russell Wilson doesn't like his situation in Seattle anymore, which has been the entire offseason conversation that he wants out, that he wants to be traded, that he had uh, – several teams on his list his destinations of choice and then Deshaun Watson's miserable right all I know is he's threatened to not you know do anything camp OTA you know training regular season he just says he's never playing for him again so I don't even think that war started yet. And then, so now they get all these guys moving around. You know, Fitzmagic goes to Washington. I told you Brissett went to Miami. Uh, we know uh, the Dalton moved today to Chicago. And, I mean, it's just beginning in terms of guys moving around. Right? So, I think it's just beginning. There's been all kinds of other activity. But all these guys are miserable. Tyrod Taylor with the Texans. Tyrod Taylor, when you think about that guy, honestly, he actually... Remember last season? This is how Herbert got famous. This guy had his own team doctors screw him up. He got injured when they, like, didn't they puncture his lung or something, Mafia, the doctors? Yeah, they were trying to give him a pain-blocking shot for the ribs and accidentally went a little too far and punctured the lung. Can you imagine? Can you even fathom that, that the that the team doctor did it? Like, he, he screwed it up? Like, what was he, drunk? Hi, how did he, how did he screw that up? Like, how is that even possible? Like, I guess I could maybe picture that at some hospital or something and somebody makes a mistake, but can the like high paid teen doctor guy screw it up? Is that, isn't that what Dr. Chow used to do for the uh, same team? He was the Chargers team doctor forever for like 18 years. He was. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's very thin, uh, lining there between the hitting in the muscle or getting it through that muscle and you know it's a very fine line and that guy just went a little too far but i gotta i give him a lot of credit because i think for him this is genius because no matter what the texans want to say and how they want to you know try to play this off with watson he's a realist and you know you know that guy want to start wants to start he's looking around the league at all these other opportunities or whatever you know ones that came to him and he's saying listen you know, yeah, this one I can go back up. This one I can maybe compete. This one might give me a shot. But if I go to Houston, 
when they come to realize that they're screwed and this guy isn't sticking around and they trade him off, who's sitting there in the wings waiting to start? Oh, yeah, me. Yeah. I think he might have uh, the gravy snag right there, the gravy train, your boy. Do you think Cam Newton's going to do any better with all the talent that they got? Bottom line is they're going two receiver, two tight end. They got Smith. They got Henry. They got Cam. They're, you know, obviously going to shorten things up between the numbers. They're going to throw it underneath. They're going to start pounding those tight ends. And, I mean... Brady used to do it, right? Brady was Mr. Slant, Mr. Tight End. He still is. Right, especially when he had two of them, when he had Hernandez and Gronk. Yeah. Always tough when the guy can't make game day because he's murdered a few people. Worked for a couple of years. Just long yeah. enough to get him a big contract right before he went to prison. Listen, I'm not... I'm not making fun of anybody or anything. I'm just, it's, it's true. <laughs> right. Like, I mean, what are you going to say? I still can't fathom that story. And I watched all those documentaries about him too. It just went down creepy street. I'll tell you what. Didn't it? It went from just like fame and money to tragedy. And then to, I can't believe it. Did I just hear that? And then after that, it started getting real weird when they started having like his prison roommates talking about steamy love affairs and uh, and just his high school oh, teammate. God. The high school, yeah, the high school teammate did him too, right? Wasn't the quarter him and the quarterback involved according to him? Oh God. And I just can't believe. Now, can you even fathom that that happened and that, frankly, that not, I know he's not there in New England, but that Urban Meyer's coaching in Jacksonville in the NFL now, and that guy's dead? Can you, I mean, you can't even make this stuff up. I mean, it's crazy. You can't even deny it. It's insane. It's it's if you wrote that as a movie, people would be like, all right, come on, this is too far fetched. You can't believe this. Yeah. Which one do you think was worse? The one that he like I gotta refresh my memory. One of them he dumped in the in the like cement mixing parking lot. You remember he they went down to the construction site and he left the one guy dead there, right? And then the other one, right. the other one was when they he did like a drive by in the car shooting, right? That's when two they guys, yeah. got up two guys in the intersection in the car, right? Coming out of the club. This is the bubble in the club, up in the club, Pharrell's at the bubble in the club. Mafia, what do you remember most about uh when we went to uh Reno, where your boy Steve <laughs> Alfred is now? And you, knowing you, uh, I, I remember we went to the nightclub, right? Till like all hours. And they, uh, let's just get real here. Uh, they tried to, like, am I tripping that they put a bunch of hot chicks around us? 
They did. They had like the cocktail waitress, the one of them that was dating our buddy Ian McCall at the time that we found out. And then, uh, yeah, we're hanging out with the guy from the sports book. Is that Uncle Creepy? Uncle Creepy, yeah. And we're hanging out with the the guy from the sports book, thinking everything was gross. And they come out with a check at the end of the night. We're like, wait, what? I don't don't remember any of that. Like, did I care about that? Oh, well, you, you take care of it. Our, our boy took care of it. He's like, no, 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 I got this. Uh, well, uh, either way, like I don't even remember that. I just remember. Um, didn't we go to the nightclub till like all hours, and you were just yeah. p- pounding, and then close it uh, down. I just, right, well, I just remember you pounding, and then I remember uh, it was like we were shrouded in, I don't know, strippers. <laughs> Yeah, it was all the hostesses hanging out with us. Yeah, they, they definitely surrounded us uh, with some very beautiful women. You know, we were definitely in the VIP section. Uh, That's the first time I've gotten that kind of treatment. Uh, I can't even. But nothing happened. Just drinks. Listen, don't, don't tell that story. Don't don't tell the boring story. I'm making sure nothing your wife happened. doesn't hear that. Nothing this. happened. Why do I care what she thinks? This is long before anyone mattered. <laughs> in our lives listen uh i remember having parties out there where there this is the first week of the ncaa tournament so it would have been this week right and i remember like you know thousands of people showing up those four days and they couldn't get rid of us fast enough in that airport on sunday (laughs) they couldn't get rid of us fast enough and they never had us back again meanwhile we made them roll over thousands roll over place was packed and everybody was drinking and thinking and yelling and screaming and spitting. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. My buddy's a fan of yours in Vancouver, Canada, so if he hears you crystal clear, I thought I'd let you know that. Time after time, I sit and I wait for your call. <laughs> You're listening to Pharrell on the Bench. I just saw um, your boy... Uh, Shaq on TNT with uh, the host, uh, Adam Lefko, I think. And then uh, Candace Parker's out there shooting threes. She just dropped five for five in a dress. And these two guys went two for 36. As I was watching out of the corner of my eye, because I got the game on, I'm not watching the halftime show, but I looked up and I see this like shooting contest going on. And they sped it up really fast. Because they had to, because they were both so awful shooting. I mean, they literally went two for 36. They even showed their their number. They, I sat there in Mafia as my witness. I was like, Mafia, I've never seen somebody miss so many threes. I mean, they're not even hitting the rim. They shot like 20 air balls and Shaq and this guy. And so Lefko finally hit one. And it was like the 36th shot. And I was like... 
in the middle of it, like, like when they were in the twenties, I said to mafia, I've never seen anyone miss that many shots in my life of anything ever in basketball of what I just saw. That's how bad it was. Like, and then she stepped up and knocked down five of five and I would have stepped up and knocked down at least four or five. I give myself one to miss. Mafia knows I can knock down them threes. So anyway, um, that's crazy. Mafia, uh, you haven't told me what you think of uh, the Mayans returning tonight. The Mayans. Oh, I'm so excited, man. And the worst part is that it's a double episode they did back-to-back. It's two hours, so I'm going to want to stay up. I'm going to want to watch them both, and I shouldn't. So I'm, I'm going to have to really force myself after the first one to just go to bed because I've been waiting for that show to come back for a long time. So wait a minute. You're going to watch for an hour and then go to bed and then w- watch the second hour tomorrow? You're going to watch? You're going to bang out two hours and go to bed at like 1.30 in the morning to, or at 2, 2.30 in the morning? Um, probably. Well, I'm going to try to watch one hour, but I know I'm going to watch two. I'll be going up to like 2.30 in the morning, I'm sure. Wow. So why? When do you normally go to bed and then when do you get up? Because like, I, I get up pretty early. I try to get up. I go to bed. When we're done with the radio show, probably between 1.30 and 2 Eastern, you know, once I get done with the work and finish some other things like the videos from the show and commercials for tomorrow, things like that. But I'm sure I'll be up late. And then it depends on when I get up. Usually I get up probably by 7 because the dog always wakes me up and wants to go out to the bathroom. So I'll wake up with her, take her down, you know, take her out, feed her. And then I try to get her to go back to sleep. And sometimes that works out. Sometimes we're like, we'll just lay on the couch and pass out till 9. But you never know with her. So you mean the dog? Yeah, the dog. So uh, Mafia doesn't tell you about the other runs he goes on after midnight to the airport. Very busy. So uh, Mayans is back, as I mentioned, and uh, Mafia is excited to watch it. I I like watching it, too. I was trying to explain the other day, I think to uh, Carver High, that the sons of anarchy wasn't it like seven years worth of episodes and how many what was it like am i tripping that there were because uh, i remember the like the last season was like literally didn't they do like 20 episodes or something like that i don't know if they did 20 episodes but i think they split it over two different seasons i think that's what they did they uh separated us so that it kind of dragged out a little bit more kind of like breaking bad well, but that was seven years worth of that wasn't it yeah, I think you're right. I think Breaking Bad was, what, five? And I think that was seven. I was so, about to check. Uh, seven, seven years. I mean, you don't even have to check. I'm certain of it. I watched seven years. Of, I'll never forget. I used to tell the story. I watched seven years of Sons of Anarchy. And then they came out with this Mayans. So I was telling Carver, I go, it's this motorcycle gang in, in Cali. And you watch for seven years. And. Once you start watching that thing, it'll suck you in like no one's business. There's just no getting out. Once you go, you're you're in for the long haul. I mean, you are locked in, locked and loaded. And then I watched every episode. And then this other one came out. And I got to tell you, you know, I think the influence of the first one that we liked it so much influenced our opinion of the second one, the Mayans, when it first came out. If you remember when it first came out, I think we were at CBS and we were talking about it, like going to work. We'd talk about the Mayans that we watched. And I remember at the beginning telling you it's not as good as Sons of Anarchy. 
It's just not as good. Meanwhile, it's isn't it like the same people doing it? I think it is. Yeah, it's the same main guys. Kurt Sutter started it, at least I think the first season or so, maybe even into the second one, then kind of handed it off to you know his other guy because he had a better perspective on uh, you know like the minority gangs. But and it was seven seasons, ninety-two episodes for Sons of Anarchy. Ninety-two episodes I watched of Sons of Anarchy. Ninety-two. Do you know how long that takes? Which were each and at least I'm... an hour long. I think the last season they're like hour 15 hour 30 sometime right i knew it was something like it was either longer or it was uh you know more more episodes one or the other i was like the last season it just i remember it like never ended and then it when it finally did i just couldn't believe it right it was so crazy and so well done now they're doing a series i don't know if you knew this or not but they're doing a series it's coming out um, on the Showtime Lakers from the 80s. And allegedly, I saw this story that uh, Adrian Brody is playing Pat Riley as the coach of the Lakers, right? So they're doing a, a movie about the Showtime Lakers. I remember watching the Showtime Lakers like it was yesterday. What do you think of that, Mafia? Adrian Brody uh, playing Pat Riley. In a Lakers movie. Have you seen enough of the Lakers? Or do you want to watch some uh, history and go back to the 80s Showtime Lakers? I don't mind that at all. You know, we had the whole the, the Jordan one, which was great. But then also, you know, we all know was just completely pushing his favor and, and you know, fix it because, you know, the certain things that were left out and certain ways that he's portrayed. But I think it would be great to see something like that. I, I love watching about some of these old teams. Because, I mean, I was too young or not around for most of the Showtime Lakers. So, me go back to see that, you know, as long as they do it right, as long as they do it, you know, in a, a regard where you actually get some of the behind-the-scenes stuff and it's not just, oh, yeah, they were so great and everything was perfect and no one ever disliked each other. Like, I want to see it like the uh, the Ray Charles documentary or, you know, the Johnny Cash, like they told the dirty stuff behind the scenes. I don't want to see gloss over like they did in The Last Dance. I want to see all the dirty stuff. Mafia likes porno. You could tell. Not exactly what I meant, but, you know, there was a lot of He's, that, I'm sure. You just heard him. He just said he wants dirty. That's what he wants. And then uh, it's unbelievable. He's telling me, hold on. I'm listening to him right now in my ear. You can't hear him on the air, but let me just repeat what he's saying. Don't go from talking about porno to talking about Sister Jean. Oh. Sister Jean is uh, going to the NCAA basketball tournament mafia in her wheelchair at 101 years old. Now, in 2017, when Parker Mosier took uh, Loyola Chicago to the Final Four, Sister Jean became a household name. She became very famous. And uh, she's back. Inexplicably, she has somehow survived and is, and is now over a buck. She's a buck one. and. She's going to uh, Indianapolis, apparently. She's been cleared. Uh, I don't even know. She's. Go I guess she's going to see Loyola Chicago. That was actual footage of, of Sister Jean. Uh, you know who hates Sister Jean, it would appear to me, is uh, Carver <laughs> High Mafia. Well, to be fair, to Carver get... High hates everybody. True enough. But he does have a very, very big you know, thorn in his side for her. More than Milwaukee? Yes, yes. I think he 
detests the attention that Sister Jean gets way more than the Bucks, because at least the Bucks are professional athletes and doing things on the court and like making headlines for a reason. She's just like, yeah, the, the old super fan is there. Yeah, it's just like, you know, when you have these other tournaments and you're showing the coaches' wives 10,000 times. When the, what was it? When uh, Enfield was the coach of Florida Gulf Coast right. that year, and all they did was show his wife 20 times a game. Right. They do that with Krzyzewski. What do you think of um, uh, that game, though? Do you think Loyola of Chicago will beat uh, Georgia Tech and uh, Sister Jean will live another day? You know, through she'll, you know, maybe a Friday, Sunday or Saturday, Monday. Do you think she'll get to see him play more than one game or will they lose to Passner's rambling wreck from Georgia Tech in Atlanta? I think I would take them. You know, no offense to Georgia Tech. I know they were great this year. They made that great run in the, in the ACC tournament. They looked awesome. I think that, you know, that that Chicago team, though, you talked about it before when they won their conference tournament. I mean. They're a tough team. They got these scrappy guys that, you know, were kind of left by the big boys and now playing their hearts out to show who they are. And they play defense. They commit. You know, a lot of these smaller conferences teams, like they actually get at it on the defensive end. And these big conferences sometimes forget that. They're all about scoring. But those guys will shut you down. And if you're having an off day, it's going to get real long. So uh, Mafia told me tonight, uh, because I did the picks already uh, for the tournament Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I did all the picks already. So those are those are already up. We'll talk about some of those games coming up. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. So many sports, so many memories, so many players, so many teams, so many great matchups, so many possibilities. Now are you really going to pass all that up? This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. All right, Pharrell on the bench with Mafia. So Thursday, they're going to start playing, and Carver High is going to be ruffled uh, because of Sister Jean. Uh, I don't even know if they play Friday. Let me just see. I think they they do. They play Friday against Georgia Tech at 4 o'clock on TBS. So hopefully, uh, for Carver High's sake, Georgia Tech will win that game. And if not, Mafia and I will win more money for you. And believe in uh, Loyola, even though they're uh, Loyola's an eight, Georgia Tech's a nine. I don't even listen. I guess in some level, some capacity, I'll look at a, a seed, you know, for the top seeds after four. I don't even care about you. I really don't. So, you know, three and four, you get to the point where that's the that's kind of the Mendoza for me. Everything else is irrelevant. It doesn't matter what your seed is. It's just simple. You're either good enough to uh, play anyone and beat them, or you aren't. It's real simple. It's one and done. It's no joke. All the teams in it are good in some capacity. So are you better than them? Can you handle it? Can you handle your business? That's the gist of it. So it opens up with Texas Southern and Mount St. Mary's. I know you don't care about them. Nobody does, except their fans. Fair enough. 
But they're putting that one on at 510 because uh, later in the night, they want him to watch uh, UCLA and Michigan State. So the uh, first game is that one, Texas Southern and Mount St. Mary's. It's a pick em. And then Drake, Wichita State, a pick em. Drake's 25 and 4 for the season, Wichita State, uh, 16 and 5. It is what it is. Drake's had a really good season. They're tough. Wichita State, tough, but struggled in their, you know, conference tournament. They were having problems with their games. I mean, it didn't matter who they played, they had problems. That one's at 627 Eastern. And then Appalachian State, Norfolk State. That's App State laying three to Norfolk. You know, to me, it's the game that's on kind of deal. No disrespect, but it's a game that's on. I'll watch. It is what it is. But that's why, uh, and that one's at 840. And then at 957. So Thursday night, I'll be going on uh, the bench at 10 East. And UCLA and Michigan State will be rocking and rolling as we do the show. So that'll be cool, right? And Michigan State's laying two in that one. And then uh, Friday, it's all day, all day, every day. I mean, it is just fantastic. So just some of the games. Now, I don't know. I'm just looking at it for when it starts. It looks like it's like around uh, lunchtime, right? So I think the first game I'm seeing on there for today is at uh, 1215, Vatech and Florida. Vatech and Florida. There you go. Uh, but let's just, you know, instead of uh, when the games start, that's the first one. Instead of when they start, because the one right after that is Colgate and Arkansas, then uh, Drexel and Illinois, then Utah State and Texas Tech, which I think will be a great game. Oral Roberts and Ohio State at 3. Hartford and Baylor at 3.30. Georgia Tech and Loyola at 4. Oregon State and Tennessee at 4.30. And then you get Liberty, Oklahoma State at 6.25. I saw somewhere in there. So there's some other games. So, um, you know, I'd say 7.15, Cleveland State, Houston. 7.25, North Texas, Purdue. I think they'll give Purdue a game, believe it or not. 710 Wisconsin and North Carolina. And then Rutgers Clemson at 920. Winthrop Nova at 957. So right when we're going on the air Friday night, that game will be tipping. And then uh right there at around the same time, a few minutes earlier, Cuse and San Diego State and uh Moorhead State in West Virginia. So Three late night games Friday night at this basically at the same time. And we'll be all over those on the bench. You can guarantee that. So that's Friday night. And Friday all day, right? For that matter. So Oh my God. It's the same thing, you know, obviously on uh Saturday. I'm just going to go down the list of games. I don't even care. 
when they start Greensboro and Florida State. They play, I'll tell you, 1245, VCU in Oregon, late night, 957. Georgetown in Colorado, 1215, lunchtime in the east. Eastern Washington and Kansas at 115. St. Bonnie and LSU at 145. Michigan plays one of the play-in games at 3. Santa Barbara and Creighton at 3.30. Iona Bama at 4. USC plays a play-in team at 4.30. Grand Canyon and Iowa at 6.25. Maryland UConn should be a good one at 7.10. Ohio and Virginia at 7.15. Missouri, Oklahoma, 7.25. Gonzaga plays a play-in team at 9.20. BYU does the same thing at 9.40. And then Abilene, Christian, and Texas go off at 9.50 on Saturday. Can you imagine all those great games over Thursday, Friday, and Saturday? Thursday is just the four uh, play-ins, but I don't care. Those are tournament games as far as I'm concerned. Bottom line is you win, you, you go in, you lose, you go home. That's the deal. That's the best kind of basketball. Also, Mafia is very excited about uh, tomorrow night, believe it or not. So one of the games will be on in the NIT when we're on at 10 on the bench is Western Kentucky and St. Mary's. St. Mary's laying two, and then earlier at 7, Toledo and Richmond. Those are NIT games. And then that's tomorrow night. Thursday night, they do it again. North Carolina State and Davidson. Davidson laying one and a half. SMU and Boise. Boise laying one. That should be a good game, SMU and Boise. Friday night, more of the same. Buffalo and Colorado State. Colorado State laying one and a half. The Rams, they're the number one seed. And Louisiana Tech taking on number one seed, Old Miss. Ole Miss laying six and a half. Saturday, Dayton and Memphis. Memphis is a one. Mississippi State and St. Louis. St. Louis is a one. They play on Saturday. Sunday, uh, nothing. But boy, I mean, to tell you, we have really, if you can just somehow, God willing, get through the Hanta, the COVID, and get these games in and, you know, knock on wood, not have problems. Can you imagine, Mafia, all those games? I mean, it's just, it's going to be just crazy, Mafia, every single day. Like, Thursday, not only those four playing games, but the NIT. People can make fun of the NIT all they want. I got action. Those are good games. Those are good teams that didn't make the tournament. Fair enough, but those are good basketball games. I don't. I don't alienate them. I'm not going to sit there and say, oh, I'm not watching that because it's the NIT. I'm going to watch whatever I got on. I'll have every game going. And it's going to be different this year, too. It's going to be interesting to see how that affects it. You know, it's not going to be playing all these little, you know, gyms on the campus sites, and then all of a sudden you get to the end and it's at the Garden. Like, they're going to be in a bubble, too. The same thing as the NCAA tournament, just uh, down in, I think, Dallas. So it's going to be interesting to see how it affects that, how these teams kind of get stuck there and just got to play it out. And it's, you know, like the NBA playoffs a little bit. But no, it's good, but what was yeah. that? What was that place we went? Dark Elam, Deep Elam. Yeah, like uh, 
That place is in Dallas. It rocks. Uh, I'd like. I would have gone to the NIT in Dallas. I would have. I would have gone to those games. If I were in Dallas, I'd go see them play. I don't know about you. I would. I like Dallas. I'd go to see any basketball there. By the way, I'm watching uh, the Pelicans and the Blazers, and the Pelicans are absolutely roasting the Blazers tonight in uh, Portland. They're it's up. 9174 that's the score now it's up to that and um i'm just noticing it's crazy but i have seen ingram every time i look up he's hitting a shot like every single shot i saw the guy take <laughs> i'm not even kidding it's like i'm watching him and i maybe i've seen him i just want to see how many he's hit actually he's 9 of 19 so it's really not that great 2 of 7 from downtown Five rebounds, two dimes. He's got 27. Here's the deal. I've seen him hit like at least seven or eight of those nine. I know that because every time I look up, he's hitting a shot. Even the the two threes he hit, I, I just saw him hit one from the corner deep. All I know is every time I look up, this guy's hitting a shot. I haven't seen him miss one yet. Now, I know he's missed 10 shots, but I never saw him miss one. So, I mean, I'm shrouded in, I've been fooled, but with replay-itis, whatever, I'm watching the game as I'm watching the game live. Every time he touches the ball, he shoots, he scores. That guy, Brandon Ingram, is just going off, and he's always doing it. He's just always, I think he's always this player. How about the Lakers uh, only up one on the T-Wolves at the half at Staples? Jesus, I have seen it all. I really have. How are they not kicking their ass? Explain that to me, seriously, other than they're taking the night off. All the hockey's in. Do you remember when the Ducks were up 4-2 on the Avalanche? They gave up six goals. The Avalanche won 8-4. to The Lightning won in a shootout over the Stars. I hit both those games. I hit the Wild 3-0 over the Coyotes. The Canes' eight-game winning streak ended. They lost to the Red Wings 4-2. The Islanders' nine-gamer ended in D.C. Capitals beat them 3-1. Devils win 3-2. And the Bruins 2-1 over the Penguins. I hit that Devils and and, uh, Bruins game as well. I picked the Bruins to win in Pittsburgh tonight after picking the Penguins to win at PPG the night prior, and they beat them. They lit them up, I think, 4-1 or something like that. And Malkin had another uh, good night. He had a 12-point. Uh, streak over eight games, uh, four goals and eight assists for 12 points during that stretch. Now, in terms of uh, tonight, he did not have any points tonight. Ten have had the goal from Kapanen and Rodriguez, so that was it for the Penguins. Pasta had a power play goal, and Frederick the other as the Bruins beat him 2-1 at PBG tonight. Good bet there, taking... Uh, the Bruins. So I'm ready for all these games. I know I've already loaded up for Wednesday in the NBA, NHL. I've sent Mafia all those picks. They're up on ForAllOnTheBench.com. The uh, NCAA plays for Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. I just even threw them the two NIT games for tomorrow night. So check it out at ForAllOnTheBench.com. We got more coming up.
Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Such a badass. He just absolutely is a monster in the block. I just want to feel my burger finger up. You're so money and you don't even know it. So, uh, Mafia, your boy, uh, Francisco Lindor, hit a shot to deep right field today uh, in the uh, Port St. Losum in the Mets game. And uh, they've allegedly begun contract extension talks with Lindor for a long-term deal with the Mets in Queens. Are you licking your chops at seeing Francisco Lindor on your ball club hitting home runs today and getting a 10-year deal? I definitely am. You know, I mean, the long-term Met fan in me is worried because, of course, every time you sign a big guy in New York for the Mets, it seems like it doesn't work out. You throw money at a guy and all of a sudden he gets injured every day or you know can't play after games or just all of a sudden just can't take the pressure in New York and fades. I mean, this guy hasn't done it yet in Queens. But I'm sure he will. You know, this guy I think is ready to go. He seems all in. He was all got the gloves. He's got the cleats. He's got all the like the New York stuff. You know, so I'm ready for this guy to get in out there. I'm excited to see him play. This is the biggest like superstar the Mets have had in a while. This guy is legit. You know, even when they had your boy Cespedes, like he was good, but he was always hurt. And he, this guy is different. Lindor is just special, I think. God, Cespedes is like having a miserable ex-wife. I mean, honestly, he's the worst. I cannot believe the guy had a workout for a bunch of teams and they all went and got suckered into believing that he would ever play every day. The guy plays like five games a summer. He's worthless. Lindor, they're going to give tons of money to. They're going to give him 300 million plus. Count on it. He's going to get Tatis money, I think. All right, I'll see you tomorrow at 4 Eastern, 1 West on Coast to Coast on Sports Grid. All right, Mafia, good job. Good night, everybody. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.